The involuntary manslaughter trial of Jennifer Crumbly, mother of the Oxford High School shooter, wrapped up on Friday with closing arguments from the prosecutor and the defense. And as we approach a critical juncture in this legal saga, the jury getting the case this morning were joined in studio. I was going to say on the JR Live line, but he's no, in studio he's today. Right here on a Monday <laughs> morning. Yes, attorney yeah. Todd Flood of Flood Law. Todd Flood, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good As morning. he wipes the sleep from his eyes, <laughs> literally. Yes. yes. <laughs> so listen, uh, you know, the world is watching this case. As you know, Todd, there's been a lot of uh, twists and turns during testimony and cross-exam over the past two weeks, both prosecution and defense presenting their cases offering these compelling arguments and evidence to the jury. How do you see this ending for Jennifer Crumbly? Well, as I saw the evidence and I heard everything come in, it looked as, to me anyway that the, the prosecution met the burden. Um, they, they put the elements of the case in with the facts. There's a duty that, uh, I guess we got to adjust this, but there's a duty, <laughs> obviously, right? There's a duty that parents have with their minor children. That's an instruction by the judge to the jury that you have the responsibility to make sure you take reasonable care to protect others around you with the minor child. So to me, you know, if you if you just start from the epicenter, you start from the end and move yourself backward. I have the diagram here. You can all look at the diagram of what Jennifer Crumbly saw on November 30th in that principal's room. Look at that picture. When you see the picture and you see the drawing of the, the gun that matches, you see the blood everywhere, you see the person dead, doesn't stop, the images, time out. You, you take two seconds. What's reasonable care to you? What's reasonable care? Reasonable care is let me call work. I'm going to call work right now and say, I'm not coming in right now because I'm going to follow the advice of a professional that just said I need to get my child in right away. And she tried to say she had to go back to work, and her boss said she would come and go as she pleased. It was a complete lie. But we yeah. also heard testimony from the counselor who said, um, you know, it's best that he stay with his peers. So she's saying that she's following the counselor's advice. But the counselor didn't give the child a gun. So how do you rebut that? Juxtapose the fact, one, she lies. And I don't think jurors like liars, right? Um, it, it usually doesn't bode well. It was a self-serving statement. And plus, she was only there 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. 11 minutes. Is that ordinary care? Do you think for a moment that, and they just go backwards. Start there from the epicenter and then okay. move yourself back. I'm a helicopter mom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think the helicopter ever left the gate. I don't mm-hmm. think it got out of the pad, right? Because she was doing a GoFundMe account for the horse. She was doing things that the prosecution just picked apart. So just keep on walking back. The night before the incident, what does she do with her 15-year-old? She kicks him out of the house. Locks him out, yep. allegedly. I, I give. Well, at the end of the day, there's how many red lights do you have to go through? How many sirens do you have to see? But ordinary care. I'm not talking, you know, you have to be the saint. I'm not talking you have to give everything or be a great mom. But you have a duty. That's the law. The law will be instructed. I'm with you, Guy. I, I got mixed reviews when people were asking me my opinion. Yeah. Me, right? mm-hmm. I heard a lot of blowback from moms who said, yeah. we know how uh, duplicitous, how manipulative, and how secretive teenagers can be, that there's so much that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But th- so that's a jury nullification argument, mm-hmm. right? Because that should have been objected to when you think about it. And, and 
talking with uh, a couple judges this over the weekend, you think about this for a second. You can't argue what the society would what would happen in the society. That's what the defense attempted to do. Mm-hmm. That's horrific. That's jury nullification. You can't argue. They got to argue the facts, facts and law. What were the facts in this case? What's the law? I am like you. I watched the closing arguments of Karen McDonald, and I thought she she put it out there. Right. What do you think of the defense's closing argument where she inserted herself? I don't know what my son's doing. I, I mean, uh, she yeah. said crazy things. Crazy, <laughs> crazy things. How do you, you know, it was nails on a chalkboard for me, and that's just for me. I, I Most books, most great lawyers, you know, if you had Steve Fishman, Gerald Evelyn, you had great attorneys doing the defense work here, they would have a theme to their case. Mm-hmm. They would have a theme for their case. Mm-hmm. What was the theme? What was, you know, I didn't hear one, uh, you know, I, you, that I could be sitting in this chair. I don't know. I mean, there wasn't really anything that the defense did that you could grab onto all the way throughout this case. Other than, you know, I, I think she attempted to say, all of you could be sitting here. This is about right. what moms, you know, and that to me is uh, you trying to take a free throw shot. At the at the line, and the crowd behind you is waving their hands, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And the crowd behind you is trying to t- have you take your eye off the ball. That's what that's that noise is all about. Take your eye off the shot. No, this is simple. Keep your eye on the shot. What was the prosecution's job? Did they prove the elements beyond re- reasonable doubt? You know, usually, uh, Todd, though, in a in courtrooms, in a case like this, you you are. In the criminal justice system, it's about the actions of a person, and this was more of the about the inaction. Yeah, judging what of they a did person. do rather than what they didn't do. So, yeah, how yeah. much more difficult a threshold is that for the jury? No, it's it, the jury instruction has two parts to it. It's either the defendant's acts or the failures to act. All of you have worked in the weather room. Mm-hmm. All of you have seen right the weatherman. Weatherman sees a big storm coming up to Hawaii. Hey, I tell you what, I see the big big storm that's going to kill people. I'm not going to tell anyone the failure to act right when you know something really bad could happen. So when you think about that, that failure for her to act is enough proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, how does this affect her husband? Whatever happens, especially getting a jury. Yeah, I think it's so difficult in so many different levels. It's it's you know, it's difficult from the standpoint that um, if if this was a hung jury or it worked out for the defense, that's going to be a bigger uphill battle to some degree, some regards. Um, but if a guilty verdict comes, um, you can imagine, right, that there's going to be a taint in people's eyes mm-hmm. with regards to this case. So I, you're going to have to put a huge veneer of, of people into the pool like they had now. You only get five preempts. Um, and there's going to be a lot of jurors that are going to say, yeah, that, that verdict tainted my mind or that verdict swayed me. So it's going to be difficult to pick. I, I think they could still do it, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. There's so many other issues in this case. The judge uh, who I, I have been in front of and been friends with for over 20 years, she, she had her hands full because there was a lot of big legal issues in this case. They had, you know, opening the door for the 
for the attorney to potentially be a witness. E- exactly. Well, she got yeah. blindsided by things that de- the defense right. bungled into, you could argue. Yeah, for sure. The for affair sure. coming, the affair out. coming yeah. out, which was, yeah. Yeah, all sorts of things, you know. Um, the fact that when, uh, what, do you, what do you do now? The prosecution has to, wants to prove flight. The defendant says up on the stand, well, I was just following my, my lawyer's instructions. Well, how do you cross-examine that? Uh, excuse me, I need to call her as a witness. Can you get up on the stand? Did you tell this lady to flee? Right. You know, I mean, how do you? <laughs> so there's so many things that came into this case to me that I thought were, you know, the secrets of the, of the husband. It, she was once with a joint defense agreement. She uses those secrets in her case, you know. So it's it, there's so many things, but I thought the judge um, masterfully, t- you know, navigated these waters to 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 get through and and make this case happen. Well, uh, we will be watching this closely, as the world will be watching it closely on what this verdict will be. Todd Flood, we appreciate you coming in this morning. It's early. It is early, but thanks for having me. <laughs> for no other group. Huh? <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. You. Um, you know, Dearborn community leaders rallied against a controversial opinion piece labeling their city as America's jihad capital. It was published in the Wall Street Journal. We'll talk about that coming up at 649 as JR Morning continues. Time for Ion Engineering, brought to you by Tajan Automotive Technologies, the formula for better mobility. Automakers and electric vehicle charging companies are facing widespread and justified cynicism about the state of America's EV charging infrastructure. In response, the industry is vowing to collaborate more and quickly to fix the broken system. Industry leaders spoke at a session of SAE International's 2024 Government and Industry Meeting in the nation's capital. The problems are real. Up to 30% of public chargers are not working at any given time. And since there aren't many to begin with, that puts EV drivers on edge as they travel, requiring them to rely on luck to find a working charger. Many of the speakers said it's urgent that the current chaotic payment system, cause for many charging failures, give way to so-called plug-and-charge simplicity. But it's a long road to the goal stated by Electrify America's Emily Durham, who said the charging experience should be better than the gas station experience. For SAE International, I'm Chris Klontz, and that's an eye on engineering.